0: Hello again. Welcome to another episode of the Uranium Market Minute. Today is Thursday, June 30th, and this is episode number 146. My name is Justin Hune. I am your host. and the founder and publisher of the Uranium Insider Pro Newsletter, the only investing newsletter that focuses solely on uranium and publishes on a regular monthly basis. As always, nothing that you see or hear in this podcast is intended to be investing advice. I'm not your financial advisor. This is not financial advice. Please always do your own due diligence when it comes to investing and always take responsibility for your own choices. Thank you again for being here a little bit of housekeeping really quickly um i will not be doing a market minute tomorrow i'll be again traveling on business um so i will be back on tuesday actually tuesday the letter goes out i will most likely be back on wednesday the july newsletter will be out on tuesday that will be tuesday uh july 5th july 4th is a market holiday here in the united states for independence day So we will be back on Wednesday, the 6th, after today's episode. Um, Wow, what a news flow day, just really some, some big hitting news today, while the equities did sell off with the broad market weakness. As it has been over the past number of months, we continue to see the fundamentals stack up and we continue to see a weak equities market. And until we uh, break out of that pattern, it seems like we are relatively beholden to the risk-off situation across markets. And lately, uranium has been getting lumped together with other commodities. Um, We had natural gas selling off pretty hard today. Oil was relatively weak. So uh, this this theme continues for now, though um, I continue to be extremely excited and have been adding as I've been able to positions. um, Just the setup here is insane. So I'm gonna talk about some of those news items that hit today in the mailbag section. Really quickly, let's go ahead and run through the daily scoreboard. Uh, the Spot price of uranium is up again, $50.38 mid-market. It was up uh, above $50 yesterday. So taking up again with SPUT out of the market, they did not issue any new shares since they've been at a very, very large discount to NAV yesterday, nor did they buy any uranium with that money that they that are still sitting on currently. Sixty-five and a half million in their treasury. They closed yesterday at a double-digit discount, fourteen and a half percent discount to their net asset value. Historically, a very, very large discount to NAV for SPUT. However, I believe, and we'll see in just a moment in the charts, they did trade up on the day. Neither ETF uh, ETFs recorded um, outstanding shares changes, so no shares issued, no shares redeemed by URA or URNM. Let's go ahead and take a look at the charts. Starting out with URA, uh, traded down significantly on the day, but did have some decent dip buying come in. Uh, Closed down at minus 1.49% on the day. This chart uh, in at least the short term is bearish uh, pretty much uh, across all signals with a couple of exceptions. We are seeing volume relatively low during this week period of chop but we are seeing it trade below all of the moving averages even the shortest term moving averages which here is the 20 day and all of those moving averages are pointing down now this is a bearish chart in the short term we do still see significant positive divergence with the relative strength index and that could lead to at least a short-term rally uh, trend reversal rally for the short term i would not be surprised to see that in the next week or two Does that mean that we're out of the woods? Absolutely not. We have to see volume come into these puppies and we're just not there. Sprott physical uranium trust printing a very, very nice hammer candle today up almost 1% on the day with all things considered pretty darn good. But again, let's look at the volume here. It's just not there. So clearly we're not seeing institutional level money come into this vehicle. And as John Chapaglia, the CEO of Sprott has said in the past, he believes that the ownership of the spot vehicle is about 80% institutions. So that's what makes up the big volume. Like we saw these big volume spikes on these moves up in the past, big volume come in. So once we see that volume trend up with the price, then that will be kind of a uh, game on. Cameco down three, almost three and a half percent on the day. Did see some significant dip buying here. And again, we're seeing positive divergence in the RSI. Uh, these things are just oversold. They are unjustly oversold, especially when you look at the price action of the spot price and all of the positive fundamentals that continue to roll in. Uh, the sector is unduly beat up and overdue for a nice rally. Will we get that next week? We will have to see. One thing to keep in mind is that um, we are at quarter end. Now, there have been some speculations that we saw and we were likely to see some reported um, hedge fund redemption. So uh, people pulling their money out of funds that are being managed by funds and those funds having to sell down some of their ownership of whatever they might own. And some of those funds probably own some uranium. So likely we're seeing some, some quarter end and end of the first half of the year. Um, let's call it rebalancing. Um, so balancing out the portfolio, selling down some holdings, um, taking some losses, et cetera by the funds. And I think that's put some downward pressure. I also did mention yesterday that URA um, is issuing a dividend. That's not a whole lot of selling coming from them, but when the volumes are low and the buyers are exhausted, that selling on the margin can really move things. Okay. Why don't we get into the mailbag section? This, um, like I said, today was a pretty significant day for news flow. Some really, really big stories. The first story I'm going to share um, was shared by the World Nuclear Association. Oh, I need a, another piece of housekeeping here. Yesterday I mentioned that there's an email list for breaking news coming from the WNA, and I, I apologize, that was not the World Nuclear Association, it was the World Nuclear News. And so I will post the correct link where you can sign up for that email list if you would like to get news coming from the World Nuclear News. They also have a Twitter where they update, um, but I've found that the emails tend to come sooner than the the Twitter updates. So I would suggest um, subscribing to that. Also, you can just follow John Quakes on Twitter and the retweet of this uh, that I'm gonna share in just a second did come from John Quakes. That's at Quakes99 on Twitter. And he's basically kind of the uh, breaking news of the uranium and nuclear world as far as Twitter is concerned. So the WNA posted this and the news really is around the, uh, the IEA, the International Energy Agency, um, basically embracing nuclear energy for the first time and stating um, emphatically that they support the expansion of nuclear and the preservation of existing nuclear. So here's, here's some bullet points. Uh, and these highlights are, are coming from Mr. Quakes. These bullet points are from the IEA report, okay? Extending the operations of existing nuclear power plants. Designing electricity markets to ensure nuclear power plants are compensated in a competitive and non-discriminatory manner. Creating financing uh, frameworks to support new reactors to mobilize capital for new plants promoting efficient and effective safety regulation, implement solutions for nuclear waste disposal, accelerate the development and deployment of small modular reactors. And I talked about that in depth yesterday. Small modular reactors, they are likely, quote unquote, the future of nuclear. There's a lot of support and coming from now the IEA in this Nuclear Power and Secure Energy Transitions Report is the title of this report, um, explicitly stating accelerating development and deployment of SMRs cost-effective, low emission source of electricity, heat, and hydrogen. Uh, so this is this is a really big deal. And um, thank you, uh, John, for, for sharing this on Twitter. And it was shared around, obviously. But that's a big, big piece of news, the IEA, um, for the first time in its history, uh, outwardly embracing nuclear and saying, this is part of the solution. We need to support this. So that's that's fantastic to see. Okay, another piece of news that came out today. Um, The Department of Energy in the United States extends the deadline for applications for supportive funding for reactor life extensions. So um, I mentioned, I believe I mentioned previously this week, and if I did not, I apologize, but the uh, uh, PG&E, which is uh, the operator of the Diablo Canyon nuclear power plant in California, had sent a letter to the DOE requesting an extension to the deadline for applying for that supportive funding to keep the plant online. Um, just a couple days later, the DOE responds and says, yep, you got it. So it's very, very likely that at the very least pg and is going to request funding to keep Diablo online, uh, online. And it's highly likely at this point, I can't believe I've even been saying this, but California might keep it's, it's last, uh, nuclear reactor online. Um, I don't know how much that has to do with politics. Probably a lot, um, Gavin Newsom, the governor is up for reelection, uh, in November, He's also sniffing around a presidential bid for 2024. So he probably is going to do what's right for California finally, because it's in his best interest. Um, I'm not going to go down that road at the moment. Okay, next big piece of news, and probably the last for today. This came from the federal government of the U.S. Uh, The Federal Uranium Reserve that was discussed from the Nuclear Fuel Working Group that was promoted by President Trump that was a result of the Section 232 petition that was put forth by Energy Fuels and UR Energy, uh, this was way back, gosh, I think it was 2018 that this happened, if I recall correctly. And then in 2020 was the Nuclear Fuel Working Group's inception. The, that never came to fruition, but one of the elements of the Nuclear Fuel Working Group's conclusion to their uh, to their study of the nuclear fuel cycle and the state of nuclear um, in the United States was to have a federally funded uranium reserve where the federal government would actually be buying uranium from domestic miners. Well, today an RFP went out, a request for a proposal for a million pounds of uranium from the federal government. It actually is happening. Now there's some stipulations on who can actually sell to the federal government. A couple of those stipulations are, one, they must have produced, the company, uh, the, the owner of the uranium, must have produced at some point between now and 2009. So, some point in the last what is that, 13 years, the company had to have had produced that uranium um, in the United States. And the other stipulation is that the uranium is currently sitting in inventory at the Calmerdine facility at the Metropolis plant in Illinois. So, um, a couple of stipulations there. There's a number of companies that could benefit from this. I believe um, probably Energy Fuels, probably UR Energy, possibly one or two others. But uh, either way the government is actually buying uranium from domestic miners. That's a big deal. Whether or not that will continue, we don't know. How much more funding will go to this? We don't know. Is there more funding this year? Probably not. Um, Senator Manchin has proposed essentially doubling that funding and making it an annual uh, annual budget item to fund this federal uranium reserve, obviously for uh, security purposes for the country, but to support the miners in uh, in staying alive and being able to produce uranium from the United States. There's a number of uranium miners in the United States now as we're getting up in price that are um, getting cost competitive as far as their production. They could actually be profitable, these prices, or we're getting very close to that level. Of course, inflation is raising those costs for the miners as well. So, uh, But either way, it's a big step towards something now. We're yet to see the fine details of the, Promotion of or the proposal for $4.3 billion in spending by the DOE towards uranium enrichment that will likely be putting out RFPs in the market for enrichment, as well as other, other types of support for enrichment, possibly some downblending um, going towards LEU and HALU, low-enriched uranium and high assay, low-enriched uranium. But those are all speculations at this point. We're waiting to see the final details on that. Either way. The US is buying uranium from uranium miners. So that's a big deal. Obviously we'd like to see follow through on that. If that became an annual budget item, that'd be big. But the fact that it's happening is significant. So the news flow continues and the sell-off continues. Uh, Technically most of these charts are pretty broken. Um, We are seeing risk off still across markets. I think that we're getting closer to a point where the Fed could pivot. We are seeing oil and gas sell off pretty significantly. There's plenty of markers across the economy that are showing that things are slowing and it's likely that inflation is slowing as well. So uh, I think that once inflation slows to a significant extent, the Fed might actually at least pause or slow down the rate hikes. That could be a signal for markets to get a little bit more risk on. That's kind of the moment we're waiting for. And in the meantime, the situation looks rosy to put it mildly for uranium stock. So uh, the contrarians, the fundies, they are drooling right now over these prices where we're now at basically a 50% off sale from the November highs. That's been rough to hold. I get it. I mean, there's no other way to put that. But um, if you have a long-term picture, if you have a long-term uh, time frame for your investments, then uh, this is just another volatile wave to ride. And it's an opportunity for anybody coming to this now or has the ability to add to their positions I've obviously been in space for many years, and even at this type of dip, that would be averaging up for me, but I've been doing it. Um, the The situation is different the, the The rules have changed, the outlook has changed. Uh, the thesis has improved by orders of magnitude since I first came into this investment. so I very happy to see that like I said at the top of the episode, if you are a member of Uranium Insider Pro, you will be getting that newsletter uh, newsletter on a Tuesday morning prior to the market open. That is the second trading day of the month. Why do we do that? Because we have data that comes in on the first trading day of the month. That will be tomorrow, then we have the long weekend. Also, if you are a member, you should have received an email today that is giving you a couple of new member perks. One of those new member perks is SMS text alerts for our trade alerts. So if you are a member, go ahead and look through your email, find that email, go ahead and click through and um, opt into that service if you are interested, that is an international service. So we should be able to service you wherever you are in the world. If you aren't a member and you are interested in having our detailed analysis of the sector, go ahead and click the link in the description below and we'll give you a free sample of a previous month's newsletter. We'll get an idea of the type of content that we put out. Either way, thank you for being here. We appreciate you. Have a great long weekend and we will see you again on Wednesday, uh, July 6th and early for the second trading day of, uh, or the third trading day of the new half of the year. Let's see how things go. All right. Take care. Be well.